Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another Ask the Expert, an award-winning daily series from 8.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. to help small businesses. If you have any questions, ask them in the comments section of this live feed. If you need any more advice, join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook. Accountants and uh, business experts are on hand 24-7. During this live session, we will be running a poll, so please do engage with it, and I will reveal the results a little later on. Well, good morning. The sun is shining. Finally, summer is back. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Ket McQuana. I'm the CEO and Chief Disruptor at Enterprise Lab, a business and talent innovation company that operates across 26 countries, working with over 250,000 people a year, helping people to become better at what they do so they can build better businesses that can go on and support better economies. We are here today together to talk about things like customer attitudes and behaviors. Now, we know that the pandemic has had a massive impact on businesses. I understand that, and we've heard it over and over and over again. But I think one thing is really important for, for business owners to understand is consumer behavior has changed dramatically. So think about this. A lot of the stuff that you as a consumer used to do perhaps live, you're now actually doing online. So you're not, you perhaps weren't going to the shops as much because of the lockdowns and stuff like this. So a lot of consumer behavior has gone towards online. The way we um, procure things have, has uh, particularly changed. What we procure is uh, diversified as well. So I wanted to spend a little bit of time today talking to you about customer attitudes and behaviors. And more importantly, what do you have to do as a business owner when you spot these different attitudes and behaviors. Now, what I'm gonna to talk to you through, you're gonna to have to bear with me and go along with me. So you're gonna to have to try and visualize. I will try and create as much animation with my hands while we're talking uh, through all of this kind of stuff. So um, if we represent um, the, this information in, in any market, any sector, any segment, uh, so don't think about this, is, this is only for any, uh, any one particular type of industry or sector. This, this works uh, pretty much throughout every single sector and industry that you'll probably find. So if we created 100% of a market right now, 90% of that market have two key behaviors and attitudes towards, uh, towards you uh, and your business. The 50% of that 90% actually has no, uh, they don't know who you are. That's the, that's the kind of behavior that they have. They just don't know who you are. And, and because of that, um, that whole uh, area of not knowing who you are, they tend to have no loyalty to you because obviously they don't know who you are. 40% of that 90% actually don't know what you do. Okay, now when they don't know what you do, the attitude that they have towards you is primarily about what do I do next? So if you think about this, 90% of any audience out there that you could potentially be speaking to, engaging to, advertising to, doesn't know who you are, or they don't know what you do. And often enough, we are still in our routine where, uh, where we're thinking, okay, well, you know, we advertise in this particular way, we talk in this particular way, we, we communicate and engage uh, value in this particular way, um, that, you know, people will understand us, people will uh, uh, know who we are. Now, these two um, key behaviors that I'm talking about here elicit this whole thing where 
uh, people don't have that trust. They don't understand who you are. They don't understand what you can do for them. They don't know. They don't know if they can trust you. And that's one of the first steps that any uh, consumer will have. They need to have a level of trust. Why am I here? Why am I looking at this particular product? Why this particular company? Why uh, this particular service? Now, you know, this is where branding comes into play. And today is not about branding, but the more your brand is distinguishable, identifiable, and people can actually um, align and assign emotion towards your brand, the more that you have that stickability. But 90% of any market won't know you or won't know what you do can, can do for them. So really what you need to do is be able to stimulate them and educate them. Now, I'm not talking about a serious, you know, stimulation in the way that you actually get a cattle prod and literally electrify them, but you do need to grab their attention, which means that sometimes the way you've got to approach the market today is very slightly different to the way that you used to do it traditionally. The, the the conversations that you're having need to be a little bit different. The, you know, you may need to start using more video. You mean, may need to pick up on a particular topic. Now, I'm not going to go down the line of any of these kind of things like hashtag coronavirus, hashtag racism, whatever it is, but there is stimulation that can be created from those kind of stirs. So it's kind of using maybe what's on the current media and trending that you can start to look to actually create that stimulation, which people gets people engaged and visible to, or makes you more visible to them. Now, I've talked about 90%. There is obviously still another 10% here. Now, 7% of that 10% are no's. And what I mean by that, they have a behavior of saying no to you. Now, if you are in any kind of market space at this moment where you're going through lead generation, funnels, uh, if you're making any kind of sales processes and approaches, and you're getting more than 7% rejection to your product or service, ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you something. You are speaking and uh, or in trying to engage to the wrong group. Either you're too early with your offer or you're too late. Uh, with your offer. Um, usually, if you're getting more uh, more than 7% rejection in any way, shape, or form, it's primarily because you haven't set out your avatars correctly, you haven't done enough stimulation, you haven't done enough education. That is something that's one, uh, one thing that you should really, really start to understand. So if you, I want you to go back and look through this today, you know, going into uh, next week and start thinking to yourself, okay, why am I getting so many no's? You know, um, and usually a no is not an is not a face blank no. The the human human buying psychology is that five no's will make one yes. So usually people are going through a process of actually rejecting, 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 and then accepting. Um, so it could be the fact that actually they haven't really gone through all of their areas of not yet yet. So in these kind of invariants, if you've got a behavior where someone's rejecting you, what they're, what they're actually doing is uh, giving you an attitude of not ready to buy you, not yet. But what is it? What is it stopping them? Is it price? Is it value? Is it because they have to get permission? Whatever it needs to be, you need to consult in this env environment. Don't just let things go. Don't just let your customer, uh, potential customer pass you by. It's important that you build this, this sense of, okay, let me understand where it sits with you. Because sometimes, you know, people are reluctant to go there because they, they assume that you're not going to be able to do something with the price or you're not going to be able to do something with your payment terms. You're not going to be able to perhaps um, um, offer this, um, this product or service 
in, in, a, in a couple of months' time because we use scarcity tactics to say we've only got 10 items left or, you know, the offer closes on the 31st or whatever it needs to be. So in, in these instances where you are getting rejection, it's important. It's important you suck it in a little bit, but let go of the ego and just say, may I ask why, you know, you know, and ask, ask those kind of questions, be more consultative, because usually nine times out of 10, you'll get, once you get to the truth of the consult, uh, consultative piece, it's then a decision that you can make within your business, because it's your company and your business, if you want to be able to create some form of accommodation for uh, for that customer, we get it all the time in our, you know, in the whole process of um, enterprise lab. You know, people come through, they make these assumptions that we're really expensive by the hour. We we only work with a certain pedigree or, or level of customer base, so they're creating assumptions as they go along. And what they've done is they're riding along with the, you know, the world of free as much as they can. And then when we get to that conversation about price and, you know, service and stuff like this, you can see them almost starting to curl back into their shell. So what we've actually done is understanding that that 7% of our market kind of lurks there. We don't want to get, we don't want to lose them. We don't want to push them away. We, we almost answer those questions. Now you may have, you may have a situation. This is an example I'm giving you here. We can say, well, you may be thinking about the price or how am, I, how am I going to afford this? Or, you know, is this kind of being right for me? So all of a sudden, I've created this series of FAQs, which allow the individual to start doing that whole five no's to get to a yes, if that makes sense. Now, it's not only something that you can do uh, physically, but it's something that you can do through your email automations as well. So it's amazing how that 7% actually can be vital to, to the success of, of your business. Now, that leaves us that final 3%, okay? Now, you've got, you know, if you're going to guess what happens in this 3%, um, the, you know, the, your guess is going to be that they say, yes, I'm going to buy it. Now, I want to put yourself into this kind of real real um, kind of scenario and position. You've been, you've been going through, you've uh, put your campaigns together, you've been advertising, you've built all these leads into your funnel, you're taking them through your process, they get to that stage of consultation or they're in front of you and you've given them the pitch of your life, brilliant. They turn around and they go, I get it, when can I have it? Do you know what happens to you as an individual at that point? You have this little shock system that kicks in where you think, what? What do you mean you want to buy it? You know, that you don't say those words, but you're thinking it because we are geared up more for rejection uh, uh, than we are for, for, for acceptance. So you kind of almost have a shock in your system. And it's that shock in your system that does something really, really bad at that point in time. If you get someone that says, I want it, when can I have it? It's more of a sense of you don't, you've got to stop selling more to them. They've already bought it. You don't have to tell them any more about it. You don't have to do the dad dance or the mum dance that you've got yourself a sale or try and high five other people and celebrate. Actually, what you've got to do at this stage is you've got to understand that the customer gets it, which means you've got an opportunity now to serve them. Okay. It's a known fact that between 79 to 82%. Of, uh, of people who say yes to the first offer will actually take on the next upgraded offer that, that you present to them. It's the human buying psychology. They have gone through, they're going through a euphoric moment where they've said yes, which means that you've actually got a small timeline to be able to serve them in a way which will allow you to increase the relationship, increase the product, 
maybe increase your revenue and more importantly, increase your profit. So what happens here is if someone goes, yes, I get it. The next thing I would say to them is that's amazing. What else do you need? What else can um, have we not discussed that you would feel would be a value? If there's any one other thing that will really make this product, service, or solution the, you know, the best it possibly can be for you, what is that piece? So go into serve mode. Don't just sit there thinking, right, we made a sale, congratulations, because you're probably leaving money on the table. You're probably leaving that extended opportunity of a relationship. Some of our best customers at Enterprise Lab are those that we've actually served rather than just sold to. So it's kind of a situation of going and saying, you're giving them that whole experience of saying, you tell us what you need more of, and we're going to try and uh, accommodate you for it. We're going to serve you into that base. So if you look at this from a sort of a, a triangle basis, the base of a triangle, 50% have no loyalty to you because they don't know who you are. Their behavior is, I don't know who you are. My attitude is, I have no loyalty. You need to stimulate. Above that, 40% of a market will say, I don't know what you do. And for that reason, their, their attitude is, I don't know what to do next with you. In those, in those categories, you need to educate. Then comes the 7%. The 7% are saying, nah, no, 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 no. Remember, five no's before it's a yes. It's always a not yet. So when, when there is a no in the behavior or rejection in the behavior, the attitude is, you're not quite there yet. There's something quite missing. So you've got to consult them. And finally, for that 3% that say yes, straight away, they're showing signs of behaviors of acceptance, which means that their attitude is, I get it. Stop selling to these people, start serving them. So there's just a little bit of information around consumer uh, or customer behavior and attitudes and what you need to start doing. I want you to look back, think about the current um, customer or potential prospects you have in your pipelines right now. How many of them are in a I don't really entirely know what you do. I see. I saw this one last um, bit that I'm going to share with you here. I saw someone who's in branding once actually put an advert out on post, uh, social media post saying that if you had all, if money was not a, 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 a problem for you or a matter, what services could I offer you? What what could I do for you? And the, the, it was amazing how many people actually first responded and said, "I don't know exactly what you do, so I don't know." How you can help me. And for me, the irony of it was, is this person's in branding. They actually help other people get visibility. And I'm like, okay, I can see what you're trying to do here. You're trying to stimulate an audience. But the, the thing is, he had to keep repeating himself on, on, the, on the message about this is what I do, this is what I do, this is what I do. I would take that learning and actually re-stimulate back out put more value to say, actually, you know what, you're 10 times more likely to uh, be able to become visible if you had X, Y, and Z and get people's attention that way to start nurturing them up the, uh, the triangle pyramid. So customer behaviors and attitudes are very important. More say today uh, in the fact that actually, as we start to unlock ourselves or, or you know, the, lift, the restrictions are being lifted, people are now going into these, this hybrid world, you may need to adjust and uh, your, your, your strategies. You may need to become a little bit more um, sharper in auditing other, uh, your prospects, customer or prospect or customer's behavior and attitudes.
So I hope you found um, that information useful. Uh, let's get into some of these questions uh, right now. So um, I've got Geraldine from Instagram DM. Uh, receiving feedback from customers is really important part of improving our products or offering. What do you think is the best way of asking for feedback? It's exactly that. You ask for the feedback. Stop doing so much of this um, survey monkey, uh, monkey stuff and st stuff like this. Questionnaires don't really work them themselves right now. You know, creating options about giving us feedback and scoring. Most feedback is built in a way where you, you're trying to get the positive messages out because you may want to use that as a part of your testimonial. Have the conversation. I think this is all about CX, customer experience. Have a customer success manager or some form of system built into your team process, which means that it's almost human to human. Um, we do this a lot. We have a CX manager at, um, at Enterprise Lab who not only once the contract's been agreed, they get in touch. During the service delivery, they're still in contact with the uh, our clients. And right at the end, they speak to the client. And what, what that is, is a tangible touch point where you're going to get more of the uh, accurate information that you're looking for. But it's a great start, Geraldine. Great, great question. Heather on Twitter DMs. Once we have better understanding of our customers, how do we put those insights to use in our products or marketing? Well, it's role reversal. If you know that your product, your service solution is successful in a particular category, use that as your leading statements in. So you see people like Pantene and all these others adverts that go on when they say, when we surveyed women, 86% of women that we survey prefer this. And then in small writings, I said, we only spoke to 100 people. doesn't matter. But the, what they're doing is you take the, the, the strongest, most robust statistic that you can out of this. So, you know, when we go into the market and say, did you know that you're seven times more likely to succeed in your business goals by having a mentor? We then have something put into that, that, you know, of a thousand businesses that we worked with, 70% of them hit their goals by continuously having a mentor for more than three months. We use that as a, as a, as a, as a, as a catchment point to be able to drive that message across. But great, another great question there, Heather. Thank you for that. Jeff on Instagram DM. How do you build a strong brand story that has a core message that can then be flexed for different audiences, attitudes, and behaviors? Good question. Brand story should be about you. It should be about your journey. It should be about what you can do for people. So don't talk about um, uh, your methodology. Don't talk about your service. Talk about the results. That's that's the most important thing. So if you look at really where the most intuitive brand, uh, uh, intuitive stories and advertising and branding is going, it's people show you the results rather than uh, the methodology. You know, it's it's that it's it's within that. Now, once you get into that situation, because you're talking results, whether you're serving a market, consulting, educating, or stimulating, you, your results driven. You know. 88% of the people that we worked with in this area found that we could we move them from here to here. 92% of the people that we worked in this environment done this. One in every, you know, one in every seven people that come uh, come to us uh, within within X amount of time get to here. So it's all result orientated in your brand story. So really good thing there. Okay. Um, Alicia on Twitter DM, what's the best way to deal with complaints from unhappy employees? Oh, interesting. Obviously, I want to help resolve the situation and let them be heard, but sometimes we can't directly fix it. 
the first thing you've got to do with anything to do with complaints is make sure your other person feels like they've been listened to and understood. 99% of the time when we receive complaints, we create brick walls. Whether it's an employee or a customer, what happens is we're just like, yeah, 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 no. Listen with the intent to understand, not with the intent to reply. So it's kind of build that uh, first in because the, the next part of this is, is when someone feels in that particular way, whatever you're going to say next is going to be far, far more acceptable. And be honest with your audience at that moment in time. If there are certain things in here which are so extreme, you can say, look, we're going to do everything we can possibly can to get you to that point. But I want you to understand right now that we, we're going to shoot for the sun and we may hit the stars. So it could be a situation where we can get you as close to that response as possible. Now, you being honest and transparent is the value that you're actually you're showing. So empathy and value are the core things that you need when you're actually looking at handling, dealing with complaints, and actually being able to transition that into something that will be of um, benefit and value to, to your business there. So Jaden from Facebook Messenger, any advice on ways to upsell to clients you have already have? There is a fine balance between managing and maintaining that continuous relationship to turning them off because they think you're just digging for more. It's exactly that. You are digging for more. But this, this, this question, Jaden, is all about account management and relationship management. Have you built enough trust? Have you got that trust where you can actually go down particular narrow lines? Because... We have those typical things. We try to create a lifetime value for, for our clients, but also a lifelong relationship uh, with our clients where sometimes we, even, even after they've just recently purchased something from us again or repurchased or re-signed to something, we go back and say, look, I'm going to be quite brutally honest with you. We have an opportunity here. I know you've just bought particular things, but I think this is going to be of extreme value for you. It's not around for a long time. Can we look at uh, doing something? It all comes down to trust and relationship. If you've built enough of those two things into your um, into your, uh, into your uh, customer base, what happens is you can then have those kind of conversations, and that's how I brutally have the conversation. I can have partners that come in and say, "Oh, Ken, we've got these kind this kind of product. Do you have anyone in your network that would be interested in buying this?" And I'm like, "Okay, my Rolodex is flicking." Then I think, "All right, let me go and speak to five people." And then it's kind of a base of that relationship I have with them. I can be so upfront with them. I can just turn around and say, "Look, I think I'm vouching for this. I think you should go for it." It's it's built all in that in that kind of trust and relationship. And the way that you build trust and relationship is when the, the chips are down, when they are struggling, when they are really finding things hard um, within their own environments, you're there to support them. So amount of times I've done things for my clients on a pro bono as a favor or help them go and find something. It's all for this bit here where, where I would say, look, trust me, uh, this is something that is worth you doing you will see that, that they'll come in and they'll buy into line. But great question. I like that. Um, Claudia on Twitter DM, um, what, uh, what you've talked through is really helpful in understanding our audiences and where they are at. Any recommendations on how you then tailor messaging and journeys for each? Don't focus too much on about tailoring the message. Be more authentic, be more natural. So if you are in an environment where you're stimulating, I want you to believe what stimulates you. You know, what kind of approach would stimulate you where you think, wow, that's that's something out of the norm. That's something that's got grabbed my attention. Because if if it's something that you naturally would be stimulated to, you're naturally going to be able to stimulate other people. If you try to stage it, people know it's fake. 
You see, so you've got to bring yourself back into this, your buying patterns, your emotions, your behaviors, your attitudes. Nine, again, and I use a lot of the 99%, but a majority of, of, of business owners, they try to copy what their competitors are doing to a certain extent, or they kind of think, well, this is a success formula that works for them. Let's try the same thing here. What tends to happen is you're, you're actually trying to use a system which is more uh, acclimatized or custom to that individual. You don't know all that business. You don't know what they've gone through, how much of their them, their identity is in what you're, you're doing there. So as you start to learn more and more about your customer's behavior and attitudes, start to reflect that back on what your own behavior and attitude would be. And that's what you use as a driving point to go off and customize your messaging and communications to these people. Nick on Facebook Messenger. I'm a sole trader and I've lost a lot of business due to the lockdown. Sorry to hear that. Um, but with things mostly open now, it's a great opportunity to drum up new clients. Any pro tips on pitching to potential clients? Okay, number one, first of all, forget that they're potential clients. That's not, that's the thing. We put it into our heads that we want we have an expectation that these are potential clients, which means that now we're more focused on trying to grab hold of them than actually do any of the other things that I've said here. Be empathetic, be aligned, be honest, be true. You know, all of these kind of uh, flick bones. The, the best um, counsel that I can give you here is, yes, a lot of people lost business during the, uh, the lockdown. Now we're reopening, their opportunities are there. Now the opportunity is that the, that the pool of client there could actually come, go on to other people, buy things in a different way. So listen to your customer, listen and watch to see what their attitude and behavior is and customize the message to where they are in their journey. You know, I can't stress it enough. Empathy is the biggest thing here. When we are at Enterprise Lab, when we went through the lockdown, I actually was giving business away. I was going into the market and saying, right, this pool of customers, this avatar, we're not going to be really working with that much because we. I needed to create more capacity in the business. So I was going to my partners, uh, other people in businesses, competitors and saying, "Free, you know, here's business, here's business to continue serving them. And what I did is I focused and listened to the market as I went along um, along that kind of line. So what that did is allowed me to actually adopt new customers in, allowed me to get a, a pool of, of new types of uh, organizations and opportunities into the business. But you have to listen with the intent to understand rather than the intent to reply here. Wow. Okay. Uh, where are we? Uh, I think I'll take one more question here. When a potential customer has said no, how do you build a relationship with them without pestering them? So again, you are, as an individual, you're thinking you're going to pester them. If you think you're going to pester them, guess what's going to happen? You will pester them. You've got to be very, very consultative. You've got to take your time, be calm. Don't worry about the result. Worry about understanding why or where they are in their journey. Sometimes they've come to you a little bit too early. Sometimes it's a little bit too late. You, It's your responsibility here to understand where they are in their journey, what's holding them back and why. So take your time, ask the questions and, you know, maybe even be brutally honest up front. I'm going to ask you a bit more of a personal question here, if you don't mind, but I want to know what's holding you back. Is there anything specific, you know, and, you know, don't put uh, answers into their uh, mouths. You know, don't say, is it money? Is it time? Is it this? Let them tell you, have a conversation, be human about things and people won't find the pester. I prefer people coming and asking and engaging and valuing where I am 
than actually saying, well, you know, I'm going to still push you, push you, push you, push you, push you. Because if if they push me, then I feel like they haven't listened to me and they haven't understood me. This whole thing is about listening and understanding. Wow. Great, great questions today. So the poll results are in. And what we asked you was, um, do you believe that you understand your customers' attitudes and behaviors? None of you have said yes. Half of you have said kind of, and 50% of you have said no. Okay, let me just tell you some stuff. If you kind of do it, that's great. But again, don't be fixed on what you kind of know. Go out there and, and, and apply yourself a little bit more. So, you know, don't be intimidated by getting negative uh, negativity or, or, or things that you don't particularly understand. I'd rather have more information, which then I can break through than actually um, try to make a, 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 and live on an assumption. Remember, if you do assume and you break that word down, you make an ass out of you and me. It's got to be, you've got to be more defined and determined. Any of you with uh, that are not really uh, there that you believe um, uh, that you understand, it's an opportunity for you. Go and have conversations, you know, go out there and actually put messages out, engage uh, the world, understand the behavior, understand the attitudes, understand what's driving your, your, your potential customer to buy in a particular way. And then start to apply that. You know, at the end of the day, this is all part and part process of business. But the true, the true thing about this is we are all consumers as much as we are um, sellers as well. So if you want to be if you want to consume things in a particular way, um, or be uh, or be sold to in a particular way, or uh, or have an experience of buying something in a particular way, guess what? That's pretty close to the way in which other people want to as well. So apply how you feel about um, about the whole procurement process um, as it goes along. And the truth of it is, it always comes down to two things. Has the person selling to you really listened and understood you? And if the, if you can get those two things built into your into your processes, your communications, your sales processes, trust me, you will get to where you want to get to. Wow. So thank you all for tuning in. Um, if you have any more questions for me, uh, feel free to tweet me on Twitter. My uh, handle is at Ketan underscore McQuana. So coming up on Ask the Expert tomorrow is Judith Dugdale. Uh, she's an accountant and head of digital solutions at MHA More and Smalley. Tune in to get some accounting advice and tips on how to kickstart your business. This is going to be really, really cool. So don't, don't miss out for this. A reminder that if you need any more advice, join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook. Accountants and business experts are always on hand 24-7. Look, guys, I've really enjoyed taking these uh, questions from you uh, today and answering them. I hope you found value in everything that I've talked about earlier about uh, customer behaviors, uh, attitudes, and actions and stuff. And don't forget... Everything is an opportunity in disguise. It's really down to the perspective and the way that you actually approach it. Come at things with the intent to listen, the intent to understand, and you will succeed in everything that you do. My name is Kat McQuana, and this has been Ask the Expert, powered by QuickBooks.